How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're talking with my new friend, David Wood. Now, after life as a consulting actuary for Fortune 100 companies, David built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching, discovering that shiny object syndrome is an epidemic among high performers. Now, David uh, coaches rock star business owners to double their revenue, uh, in, and achieve more in less time and become a more extraordinary entrepreneur, partner, parent, and leader. This episode's a great one. We dig deep. Uh, we're going to talk about the difference between money and value. Uh, David gives you the best question you can ask yourself to live a more fulfilling life. And we'll talk about the five steps to accomplish anything you want in life, no matter how over the top the goal might seem at first. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we've got the Focus CEO himself. We've got David Wood on the show. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Xander. I like your background, too. It looks like an eye chart right there. <laughs> Xander Fryer, I kind of want to go... Yeah, cover cover one eye and see if you can read down. The only, only issue is you kind of know what it's going to say, so they can't trick you right. with any letters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David, uh, great to have you on the show, man. You're a you're a you've been a coach for for many years. You've uh, you've actually hold the title of having you know number one life coaching business on Google, uh, among a number of other things. Uh, whenever I meet another uh, a fellow coach, I love to just hear your story. How'd you get into coaching, um, and specifically, how did you start going down this path? You know, over uh, over a decade ago. Well, I wasn't raised with a high emotional. Uh, intelligence. I was in a country town in Australia, had a tragedy as a kid. My little sister was killed and and I was there and I witnessed it. And we didn't know about therapy back yeah. then. So um, I grew up really left-brained and very logical. I came top of my school. I got paid to go to college. I then got uh, a job transfer to New York consulting to Ford and Exxon. So you know, that might be the silver lining that I, I was really good with systems, numbers, business, and money. Yeah. 
But then someone realized I wasn't happy in my marriage and they suggested I go to a personal growth program. And I went and I thought they're a bunch of self-help junkies. They can't think for themselves. They're weak-willed and, and they just want my money. Well, fortunately, they cracked my cynicism. They yeah. cracked my heart open and I realized which is, that- Which is hard, which is hard when you're very intellectual and very intelligent and left-brained, yeah. right? You got a, a lot yeah. to fight through there. Yeah, exactly. Because I can kind of intellectually run rings around a lot of people. So yeah. fortunately, they were ready for me and I got that there are people who literally devote their lives to making the world better. Yeah. I didn't know that was a job. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Yeah. And during the course, I found myself- um, or at least during the second one, because I was like, okay, this was really good. I'm, I'm going to do another one. Then I'm going to get out. I'll do some more. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just do one more and then I'll get out because I'm not going to be a self-help junkie. Yeah. And during that second one, um, I couldn't help but coach. If someone was stuck or complaining about something, I said, well, did you hear what the teacher said yesterday? Or would you try this? And I changed somebody's life overnight. Yeah. And it was incredible to watch her screw up her courage and put her marriage, and she had kids and a husband of 10, 20 years, put her marriage on the line to tell the truth. Wow. And I was so inspired. I'm like, how do I do more of this? And they said, well, if you do the next course, we'll, we'll train you as a coach to support people. I said, I'm in. So yeah. I didn't even do the next program for myself. I did it to learn to be a coach. But fortunately, that also changed my life. So I am a self-help junkie. Uh, yeah, self self confessed, and I spent the next that that was like at age twenty seven. I'm fifty three now. I spent the next twenty five years of my life sitting with gurus, teachers, navel gazing, doing things that would freak any normal human <laughs> being out to discover what is it to be human and what is it to be vulnerable and to be truly connected. And I didn't know until I did all that that apparently that's what leadership requires as well. Yeah. So now sometimes I coach people on, on, on leadership. So I'm a rare coach in that I'm unwilling to focus just on business or just on life. I'll start with helping you make more money in your business. Business owners are fun for me because I, I relate to the entrepreneur. Yeah. But if that's all you want, you should go to somebody else. Yeah. Because I'm going to want to know, well, how much time off do you want? And then what are you going to do with that? Yeah. How are you going to show up in the world? So I'm, I'm really a life. Because if you're, yeah, if you're just focusing on the business, the, you, you, what's, what's the point? What's, you know, what's the, the why behind it all? Why do you make all this money? Why do you do, do yes. all these things? So, yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. Um, so uh, obviously you're, uh, you know, uh, by, by trade and title, you, you work with business owners. Um, so, so let's talk about that for a second. Obviously by trade and title, you work with business owners, but like you mentioned, you, uh, there, there's so much more that you want to help them with in life. So tell me about, you know, what you have to do with business owners to help them be more successful in business and in life. Well, the business stuff isn't usually rocket science. Usually the problem is that they're so close to it. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and business owners, uh, entrepreneurs have so many ideas. I just had a session today and she said, I have like a thousand ideas a minute and so the issue for a lot of them is not ideas, it's how to focus on what matters. Yeah. And, and I love, like I've done corporate coaching and I've coached vice presidents of big companies. It's not the same because they're not paying for it themselves normally. Yeah. I want someone who's forking out their own money. I, I love that and you're saying that because one of the things we always talk about is people who pay, pay attention. 
right? And that's those yeah. are the people that I love working with because their heart is in it, not just their mind. Right. There's got to be a little bit of sting to the coaching fee. If you don't even notice it, then then I need to charge you more. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was like, oh great, I'm doing vice presidents at Warner Brothers and and Salesforce, and this is amazing. This is what no. If they want to come to me and hire me themselves, okay. But otherwise, I'd just rather work with someone who's they're earning, say, between five thousand and two hundred thousand a month in their business, mm -hmm. and they're a bit scattered. Normally, they're like, okay, I just need a bit. Like, help me work out what matters most and how to stay on track. Because that's the other thing. Once you've worked out what matters, and let's say you've got your weekly plan and your daily plan, staying on point is is almost impossible for the human mind in this day and age. So it's almost yeah. like a meditation to just come back and do what matters. So that's fun for me. But then I'm more interested in like um, one business owner today. She said, look, I got to fire this guy and I really care about him. And I'm trying to work out what's the right way to say it. What's the right yeah. way to show my care, but not leave myself exposed. And And so we did a little bit of a role play. And then another client from today has got an issue with her uh, husband and they're separated and she's just in a lot of pain from the interaction and I'm outside her. So I'm able to see, I said, do you want to spend some time on that? Because that's probably draining your energy. And she said, yeah, okay, we'll leave the business aside and we'll work on that. And I was able to hear her side of it. And then I said, if there was one piece of communication missing from that, what would it be? Because I could see it. Mm -hmm. And she said, I wasn't really validating his experience and getting that there's something really important to him in this. I just kept on trying to let him have him let go of his position and see it my way. I'm yeah. Like, yes. and, be, and be right. Yeah. So yeah. we did another role play and I, I was her and she was him and she really got to see the difference. And then she was honest. She said, I'm not there. I'm just so drained with trying to you know, ironically fight for kindness. I'm just not there. I said, okay, then that's where you're at. You're probably not going to have a lot of influence on him from that position. And that's fine. Give it some time. And when you can get to finding him right and approving of him, it's much more likely he's going to want to change. So yeah. I love that. I love puzzle pieces, right? With this systems brain and even the puzzle pieces of relating to someone you love, uh, it could be your kids, partners, your boss, you know, whatever someone who really matters, I can s often see what they can't see because I'm outside. And then they go, oh, okay, thank you. That's what I'm going to do. Question, That's why I question, keep doing this stuff. Yeah, question for you around this. Obviously, yeah, you, you and I are very similar because I'm, I'm an engineer by trade and I think it's, oh. the, systems, it's the systems mindset that like, uh, this is one of the reasons I love coaching. I had a... Um, uh, one of my, one of my clients once asked me, they said, Xander, do you get upset that you don't use your engineering degree anymore? And I said, well, I do, right. Instead of engineering systems and networks for Cisco, I'm engineering people and engineering brains and, and, uh, kind of like rehabilitating those networks. Right. And so my question to you is obviously you've been doing this for, uh, a long time now. This has been a passion of yours. This has been a, uh, a career of yours for a long time. What since would you 98, 98 since, I started my first 90, 98 since before coaching was cool. Uh, yeah. so, so what would you say, you know, maybe in the, you know, the modern day today, what are, what are a couple of the big things that are really preventing people from being, uh, happy and successful in life? 
And those are those can be two different answers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and look, it's something I'm still working on for myself. Mm-hmm. I keep saying I'm a I'm a work in progress for sure and working out what what what's making me happy. I think a lot of people haven't been asked the question. They haven't paid someone to ask them the question and sit down and start working it out. I've got mm-hmm. one client, he said to me, I'm tired of chasing money. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making half a million a year now and I got to ask myself, how much is enough? But yeah. a lot of people haven't reached that point. And I think particularly for, for men in our society who are valued by production, we're valued by what we can yeah. produce. It's a constant drive, make more money, then I'll be successful and valued. And then my parents will be happy and everyone else will be like, wow, look at that guy. So we go for that. But along the way, we forget, hang on. How are my relationships with my kids? Do my kids trust me and talk to me? How's my integrity? If I were to die, this is a really great question. If I were to die in five years and I knew it, I knew I was given five years. Is there anything I would change about how I'm living? I love that. That's the question we need to ask. Not, it's fine to ask, what if I died tomorrow? But I, I was going to say, I, liked, I really like the way that you framed it, though, because if I were to die tomorrow, I'm not going to do anything productive. I'm, right. I'm, I'm not going to do anything worthwhile that's going to make tomorrow better because I'm going to be dead tomorrow. Yeah. But right. if I know that I'm going to die five years from now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put in some real work into the things that really matter my my family, my impact, my my own personal, mental, and spiritual growth. Like I, I'm going to focus on things that matter, and I, I, yeah. I really love the way that that question is framed. Thank you. So one day is too short, and thirty years is too long because we really may not have that. Do you know what my former profession was? You you probably understand it, given you're an engineer. What was it? I was an actuary. Yeah. So for people that don't know, it's like complex numbers and systems yep. and going a hundred years into the future and trying to guess what's going to happen. That's too very, long. Very detail and data oriented. <laughs> yeah. If we aim for 30 years and we die in five or 10, we're going to feel ripped off for sure. So I think mm. five is a good, good, short enough time to wake us up. And what would you change? Would you change your self-care? There's one one question you can throw down on a piece of paper right now. Would I change my self-care? Would I change how I treat the people I care about? Would I change what I'm doing for work? Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. Would I keep going with this business? Would I maybe add a social cause to it? If I'm going to be dead in five years, maybe some of this money should go to something else. Is there something I haven't expressed yet that I've wanted all of my life? Now, these mm. things are sneaky. They hide out. I, for 10 years, I've had a secret dream and I'm the self-expression guy. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about that for a second, because I think, I think, you know, expressing yourself and your own desires is something that is almost beaten out of us in, in our society. Like you're, you're not allowed to want because that's selfish. Yeah. So being able to express that I think is incredibly important. Well, the third program I mentioned when I did this self-improvement stuff, and they said, if you do this third one, we'll train you as a coach. It was called the Self-Expression and Leadership Program. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. And then I read the blurb, and the blurb said, after this course, you will be self-expressed in every aspect of your life. And if you are not, it will be an integrity issue for you. Mm. And I swear to God, Xander, I still didn't know what the hell that meant. (laughs) 
I just did it because I wanted to be a coach. Because you wanted to help people. Yeah. But what I got out of it is I got to be self-expressed. Like if I, like I'd been hiding playing the guitar. I'd always wanted to play around a campfire, but I was too shy. Well, during the course, I ended up on a plane to the Bahamas and the flight attendant knew my, my guitar was down the back and she came down and she said, there's an old lady who was in a wheelchair. She's up in first class, said, you promised her a song. <laughs> and I, I had had a couple of beers and I said, oh, yeah, sure. I'll I had to go and get my guitar and walk up in front of every person on that plane, crouch down in the aisle where everyone could crane their heads and look at me. And I played and sang Johnny Be Good for this, this old lady. And then the flight attendant said, that was so good. Would you do that over the PA? Oh man, that's too funny. So talk about self-expression. And now if there's something in me that wants to come out and it feels like it's right and true for me, it's hard for me to hold, hold on it and keep my mouth closed and not go for it. So anyway, I had this secret dream for 10 years. I didn't, I didn't tell anyone about it because I didn't know if I was ever going to do anything about it, but I'd always thought I'd love to play the lead in a major film. I'd yeah. love to act. And I dabbled over the years. I'd done like four short films and, and I'd get an agent and then I'd go for a few auditions, wouldn't get anything and I'd give up. But I always thought, what if I gave it one or two years full time? And that's yeah. been my secret dream. And a few months ago, I just started speaking it. I told a couple of people. And unfortunately, one of the one of the friends said, oh, I did that. I went to LA. So we got talking about it. And she calls me a week later and says, I'm going to audition for this play, Dracula. Do you want to come? <laughs> and I'm like, gulp. Sure. That's the universe knocking, right? That's the universe telling you you should do this no matter how scared you are. And I ended up getting cast as the lead. I played Dracula in this paid professional production. First play, I did a play when I was five years old. But now at 53, I did another one. And so these things are sneaky. These dreams like, oh, I've always wanted to live in Costa Rica. Or I've always wanted to be a singer. Right? These are some of mine. I've always wanted to live in Brazil. Oh, I've always wanted to swim with dolphins. I've always yep. wanted to play the lead in, in a major film it's good to start journaling these things and getting them down. You may not do them all and you may not do them all this week, but if you are working with a coach, the coach might be asking you, do you want to put a timeline on some of these but things? Do you want to make some of them real? It's, it's surprising because me and me and my wife, Maddie have a similar practice. We call it our 101 wants list. Uh, so we have a list of 101 things that we want to do, be, or have in this life. <laughs> And uh, it's surprising that just by putting the list together, how many of those things you start to accomplish? Because yeah. Maddie and I, have, we've had these lists for, I think she's had hers for three years. I've had mine for five. And I, every year I just kind of go back to the list and look at it. Now, I don't put any active effort into it, but every every year at the end of the year, I go back and I look at it. And every single year I've crossed off about 15 things from the list and they're you know, they're, they're big and amazing things that that most people would never accomplish in their life. And it's simply because I allowed myself to want them. Yes. So I would say the first step, this is great. It's becoming clear in my brain. The first step is desire. Yeah. Will you allow yourself the desire? That's, that'd be number one. And then step two, can you generate that that's possible? Because people say to me, you're moving to LA. You know, it's really hard to make it in LA. Everyone's a waiter. Yeah. And I, I just, 
I just know it's possible. I know it's a long shot, but I'm fine with a long shot. I'm a charming yeah. guy and I'm pretty good in front of a camera. They just it takes one person to say, I like the look of that guy. He can do the job and, and boom. So can you generate that it's possible? And if you can't, you can work with someone to help you see, oh, wait, no, that, that could happen. And then the third thing, um, are you going to put it out into the world? Now, maybe it's enough. You put it on a list and you put it up somewhere and you just you know hold that possibility. If you've watched The Secret or you listen to Joe Dispenza, then you're probably going to take it further and you're going to meditate deeply and you're going to feel the feelings as if you had that. And I'm told that there's quantum <laughs> physics behind all this, this shit now. That it's, it's, it's funny. So we're woo-woo. actually... We're, we're partnered with Joe Dispenza's, uh, um, his research fund all around how they, you know, they're now doing all the research around quantum physics and how to actually affect physical realities. Right. So we actually, we actually partner with his, his fund around that. So there, there, there's peer re- reviewed journals and studies that are going up about this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's enough. Maybe you do the deep intention. I don't think it's that woo woo, <laughs> even if you don't inf- impact the field so that the universe gives it to you, you impact yourself. Yeah. So that now you're walking around feeling as good as if you had the thing and that attracts more to you. So I don't think it's crazy. But the next step, if you, if you want to go beyond the secret and the deep meditation, which I still think is a bit hippie, 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 dippy yeah. out there, um, are you going to speak it? Are you going to share it on Facebook and say, look, I'm just telling you this is a dream I have. Are you going to tell your friends? If you want to go even further, are you going to get a coach and say, all right, this is something I want. I don't know exactly how to get there. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty scared. About get somebody, it, get somebody to help you put a plan together and actually make it actionable. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It looks like rocket science when you're inside yourself and yeah. you're like, like I've, I've been losing a bit of sleep the last two nights because I had my first ever commercial yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what if I screw it up? What if I miss my lines and I'm holding everybody up? And all the is... all the stories that we can run through our head, yeah. Yeah. So I I was I was scared. And it would be easy for any human to say, I don't want to go into acting. I don't want to go on audition. I don't want to show up to this commercial shoot. That'd be totally reasonable. But there are simple common sense things you can do that will take you in that direction. So, yeah. for example, one thing I did is I just re- rehearsed my lines a lot. I did it so that I could do it uh, almost in my sleep so that under pressure, I could at least have confidence that the lines are going to come out. They'll just fall um, out of your mouth, even if you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And for Dracula, I, I went further. I bought the play. No one, I don't think anyone else auditioning, uh, most of them wouldn't have bought the play and read it. Yeah. Um, I memorized the lines that they sent me so that I didn't have to read, read them. I learned how to do a German accent on YouTube and I hired a coach for an hour. I paid him 50 bucks. I said, I'm auditioning and I don't know how to audition for some of these roles like Dracula. I don't know what, I don't know. I want to suck your blood. I don't want to do that. And so he helped me and gave me some ideas. And then I went and I was still nervous but there are things that can be done to get us in the direction and we need think, coaxing. Yeah, this is this is something that I I don't want people to overlook as you're kind of talking through this, right? You kind of you kind of just walk through essentially like five steps to being successful in anything, 
right? right. Whether whether right. that's whether that's uh, you know getting started as an actor. Um, one of my one of my good buddies, he's a he's a professional copywriter, makes you know multiple millions of dollars a year. But he's like, I want to go be a stand up comedian, which if you think about it, it's like, you know, becoming a Hollywood actor, it's like becoming a Hollywood actor, becoming an astronaut, and then becoming a, a professional stand-up comedian are like the three hardest things to accomplish. And, but he's like, well, I'm not working at it from ground zero. I know how to be successful in general. There are, there are systems to being successful. And like you mentioned, you got to allow yourself, this is, this is kind of what I took from it. You got to allow yourself to want it. You have to believe, you have to believe that it's possible. Um, Even if it's a long shot. Even if, Even it's, if a it's a long, long shot, shot, you have to believe it's possible. Yeah, and you have to you have to put in the the uh, the mental uh, rehearsal space to feel like it's like it's possible and feel that you can actually get there. Um, put it out there, speak it, share it, tell it, so that other people are aware and they'll help you. And then get the support, get the coach, get the mentor to help you know give you the recipe or whatever you need to actually go make it actionable. And if you if you do those things, you're going to give yourself a much higher percentage chance of success in anything. I love that you spotted that. Yeah, it, whether, it doesn't matter our topic. The principles are usually the same. Uh, I want to be better at singing. I've got a singing coach. Yeah. I want to be better at acting. I've got an acting coach. Stand up, that's one of the scary, I've done a lot of scary things. And one of the scariest things I've done, I've done 20 stand-up comedy gigs, yeah. uh, including in a professional uh, club. And it was, I couldn't imagine just going and doing it alone. You go and get yourself a coach, probably do yeah. a class with a bunch of other people, you workshop your stuff, then you do a performance with your friends and family, which is going to be a really warm audience. And then <laughs> if, you, if you like it, you keep going. I kept on going. I did 20, 20 gigs. I don't know if I got paid for any of them. Um, I ended up stopping because I can't tell the same joke over and over. I, it's just not yeah. funny for me. I can't. Yeah. I, I'd have to do improv stand-up, which is like, hey, where are you from? And just make up stuff. And I do want to do that before I die. That's another secret dream. I always want to do that. I'm just, I got plenty of other stuff on my plate right now, but it'll probably come where I just learn how to be with people and it'll be funny instead of trotting out the same old material. So question for you, because obviously there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that you want to do and you want to accomplish in this life. Um, you are kind of known as the, you know, the focus coach, the focus guy. Uh, so how do you, how do you strike a balance between doing all these things in all these different areas and, and, uh, you know, accomplishing all this stuff and then also, uh, you know, driving deep in any one specific area or one specific thing to really, really take it far. I love this question. This came up today in a coaching session. He's like, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur and I got all these ideas and I know if I go really deep in one, I could be hugely successful and make a lot of money. Yeah. But how do I know which one yeah. to go into? And I said, look, for you, given that you really like to play in a lot of different fields, you have to choose your balance. I don't think you've chosen it. You're just reacting each day. Choose your balance. And mm. so he started writing down some of the projects he's got. He's got this full-time job and then he's got this side agency and then he's got these courses that he wants to create. And I'm going to close this tab that thinks it can notify <laughs> me when it can't. Um, so he's got these things and he loves playing with new things. And I said, what if you sit down and you allocate your balance 
for each for the week. You say, all right. So being Monday, being intentional Tuesday, and, and picking how much you're going to to put this, in each. This area. is where you activate the CEO part of your brain. We all have yeah. a CEO inside us. We have the yeah. neocortex, executive function. Literally, that's what they call it: executive function yeah. of the brain. We have that. We don't use it enough. So I said, you sit down and talk with all the different parts inside you. Sometimes I have people get two chairs and they'll have an argument between two parts of them. One client had in a party calls it the accountant, wants to just constantly push for money, always got to be working. Even when he's with a family, I should be checking my stats. And then he's got another part that wants more balance in his life. I said, all right, sit down in two different chairs and go back and forth and you guys hash out a deal. And he just told me, I did it. It was amazing. And I'm at peace now. So his deal is, and hopefully nobody filmed that and put it on Instagram because then he would seem very crazy. But (laughs) I wish wish somebody would. So more, he shared the exercise with his brother. His brother did it. Said it was great for him. I love it. But he maybe like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the accountant gets to run the show. He's Mm. producing money, putting food on the table. Then Thursday could be more about uh, his relationships and some social. on, uh, on enterprises, like maybe volunteering or something. Friday is self-care day. Yeah. Right. So he worked out a balance for himself. This other client that's so entrepreneurial, I said, maybe two or three days, your full-time job, one day a week, your agency, maybe Saturday morning and Sunday morning, you get to do whatever the hell you want. You can yeah. create ideas, you can journal, you can start a new business, go to town and then you can rest easy knowing that you have allocated, maybe you reassess in three months, but for now, you've worked out a balance. Too many of us have never done that. Yeah. And so we're just responding to life. And if you are having a good time, I say continue doing that. You aren't only listen to me <coughs> if you had some dreams or goals that aren't getting acted on or you're not yeah. moving towards it at the pace you want to move. That's when you need to bring in some of these things. Otherwise. Go to town. Just have a good time. Wake up, check email, mess around on Facebook, do whatever feels good. That's a valid move until you need things like until money you're feeling or, yeah, until you're feeling unfulfilled or unsuccessful right, or right. Yeah. you need to make some changes. Yeah. Then you want to be intentional. And I'm I'm the guy to come to when you're like, can we be intentional about manifesting things in time and space? Okay, let's do that. If you want to just talk about, wait a minute, I need to feel a bunch of stuff today and I just need to be with that, I am even more at home in that. We'll do that and then next week we'll come back and we'll start creating some stuff. I love it. So one of the things, you know, one of the things that you and I kind of uh, lightly touched on before we started digging in and recording here, um, you touched on the idea of courage and you also touched on the idea of truth. And, and expressing your truth, living your truth. Now, we, we've kind of heard it bubble up throughout this conversation uh, a bit. Can you tell me more about you know, the importance of, of being truthful and being honest in, with yourself, with others? And, and often, I'm, I'm assuming it takes courageous action to be able to act within truth as well. I, I'm enjoying being on this show with you because you already jumped to where the real value is. Most humans, and I'm, I'm one of them, were not raised with truth being a very high value. Yeah. Maybe it's like, look, don't lie to people. You shouldn't lie to people. You shouldn't do that. Uh, you shouldn't rip people off. My parents instilled that in me, like treat people well. 
they, they couldn't rip anybody off, even for a dollar. They yeah. couldn't do it. So I got that. But I never got, it's okay to share your feelings. Yeah. I never got, how are you feeling? What's going on for you? So I grew up not even really knowing what I'm feeling emotionally, not really knowing what I'm experiencing in my body. I'm like, body? What body? And not even aware of the thoughts that are going through my head. It's like if you said to a fish, how's the water? The fish <coughs> might respond, what water? What, what water, yeah. Well, I, it, it it's, doesn't know. It, it's so funny, right? Like we're given, I always tell people, you're given a, a an instruction manual for your remote control when you get a new TV, right. but you've never been given an instruction manual for your emotions or your thoughts or how your brain and your body actually function. You're just expected. Yeah. You're just expected to to know that stuff, maybe from yeah. your parents, and they never got an instruction manual. And we got in trouble. We got yeah. in trouble when I got in trouble if I was angry. Yeah, I got in trouble if I was crying sometimes. Yeah. And so we, and we want to fit in. And particularly as a kid, your parents have so much power. You just need to basically fit in or you're follow along. Yeah. You're going to lose love. You could lose all, all sorts of things. Um, I go into prisons now, sometimes here in Colorado and, you know, it's hard for those inmates to be expressed at all because they're, they're, their freedom, everything they have yeah. is hinged on an authority figure. So it's no wonder that we grew up a bit stunted, most of us. And I had no idea to even find out what was happening in me. And then if I did, I didn't know how to artfully name it, yeah. right? Because there are ways to do it. You don't want to just dump it on somebody. So I'm writing a book right now with my co-author and it's called Mouse in the Room yeah. because the elephant is not alone. Hmm. Everyone knows about the elephant. You see it, I see it, no one's saying anything. Okay, I could have written a book about that because we all should be addressing the elephant in the room, but many creatures in the room are much more subtle. You know, I, I, I was late. I was two and a half minutes late to your waiting room. If I didn't say anything, if I didn't name that mouse, then I'd be feeling a little bit off. Like, is yeah. he annoyed? Is he feeling disrespected? And so that's creating distance between us. And instead, I named it. I apologized. We got a chance for you to share impact yeah. if you wanted to. And then it's gone. It's out of the way. I envision, envision a world where there is more of that. We are becoming aware of our mice, our feelings, our thoughts, our sensations. And we can say, hey, Bill, can I bring up something with you that's been on my mind? I just want to clear the air so we can have a better working relationship. Yeah. Last week in that meeting, when I said this idea and you said that thing, I felt really jumped on. I felt criticized and jumped on. I feel like I don't want to really say anything in a meeting again. And I just w wanted to name it and see what, we, what was going through your mind back, back then. And then we get to talk about it and clear it instead of me being pissed off with Bill for the next five years and going, and he's and just creating more separation. The mice breed. Mm -hmm. They breed if you don't name it. Now, I understand why people don't name it because you got burned in the past and no one may have taught you how to artfully name it in context. So it should yeah. come out in the next couple of months. And my goal is that it does change the world and brings the world closer together one mouse at a time. I think, I think that's so powerful. And, I, you know, Maddie and I talk about that from a relationship standpoint. You know, it's, it's no wonder 
that whatever it is, it's like something like 52% of, at least here in the US, 52% of, of marriages end in divorce. It's like, well, yeah, if you can't communicate what's what's really going on for you, of, of course you're not going to be able to stay together for a long-term, long period of time. Like you mentioned, that that any of the mice or any of the resentment or anger or frustration, it just continues to grow and build if you're not that's able to- it, yeah, if you're not able to express it and move through it. So I think- It I think is, that's and you just mentioned it. one of the symptoms. So one, divorce- One is, area, one, one area that this is affecting, yeah. Yeah, divorce <laughs> is one symptom. I think disease is another. Uh, I've 100%. struggled with anxiety and depression for 20 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so then we go to, to medication and TV and video games and sugar and all sorts of things to medicate. I really believe the more we can find our truth and then artfully name that mouse, we can develop more connection, more confidence, more love. And that is a drug. That is a very healthy drug. I want more of it in my life. I want more of it for my clients. I want more of it for the world. That's that's beautiful. David, I think that's actually a perfect ending point for us because I just love the power of that one. Um, where can where can people learn more about you, David? Where can people get a little bit a uh, little bit more of that truth, that love from your world? Yeah, thank you. If you want to be in my sphere, my field, you can go to myfocusgift.com. I thought, what can I give listeners at the end of a talk like this? I got a couple of cheat sheets you can download. And if you want, if you're interested in coaching with me, I think I'm calling it a double your revenue audit because everyone seems to want to double their revenue in their business. So that's what yep. I call it. But that's just the beginning. I'm actually going to ask you some probing questions before we even get on the phone about what you care about and what matters. And you can do all of that. Um, you can subscribe to my podcast, which is Extraordinary Focus. You can do, uh, and I send about two videos a week if you get on my mailing list. And these, all of these things are in the one spot, myfocusgift.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks, David. Uh, grateful to have you on the show. This was a, a absolutely stellar one. I think our audience is going to get a ton out of it. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, uh, if you've gotten any value from our podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com as well to grab your copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book. Uh, number one bestseller on Amazon, available now. David, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure, man. I'm glad to meet you. Absolutely. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.